The Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 6, verses 1 to 6. Jesus left there and went to his hometown. His disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were amazed. They asked, Where did this man learn these things? What is this wisdom that has been given to this man? How is it that miracles such as these are performed by his hands? Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, and among his own relatives, and in his own house. He could not do any miracles there, except to lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went around the villages teaching. This is the gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Do you know the feeling of something hitting you from two different directions at the same time? For example, when I hear now a song that was a smash hit back in the 1990s, a song you couldn't go 10 or 15 minutes without hearing it on the radio. And I hear it again now. It's very sweet because it takes me back to those times when the song was first released. You're back there out with friends or at work, not working, dancing, lip syncing behind the counter with your coworkers or driving nowhere in your first car. And it's sweet to go back to those places in your mind and then at the same time, it's kind of sour because those days are gone and they're never coming back. And now when those songs play, they play on the classic rock station. <laughs> and some DJs are even calling them oldies. And that is devastating. You know the feeling of hearing something or maybe tasting a food or smelling a certain scent and it hits you two ways at the same time. God's word does that. There is a direction God's word hits you that is rough. It's sour. And we'll talk about that more a little bit later. There is also a direction that God's word hits you that is beautiful and comforting and sweet. And there was a lot of sweetness when God gave his word to his prophet Ezekiel, who the Lord liked to call son of man. There is a whole lot of sweetness loaded up in these words. I am sending you. Speak my words. Listen to what I am telling you. Eat what I am giving you. Eat this scroll and then go speak. Feed your stomach and fill your belly with this scroll that I am giving you. I ate and in my mouth it was sweet like honey. He then said to me, Son of man, go now and speak my words. It's a lot of sweetness in a lot of different ways. In the first place, Ezekiel receives this message, this word from the Lord himself. So much of what we say and hear as human beings is opinion, speculation, spun statistics, sarcasm, full-on nonsense. It's human words dragged down by human deficiency. But Ezekiel is receiving a divine message that has godly, objective truth attached to it. 
And when he receives this message from the Lord, he doesn't get it on a note card. And the Lord doesn't say, now listen and memorize this and lock it into your brain. Ezekiel actually gets to chew on the word of the Lord and swallow it. And it becomes part of him, right? What you eat becomes part of who you are. You are what you eat. And this message that Ezekiel receives from God himself, and he gets to gobble it up and swallow it down, it tastes sweet to Ezekiel. Because Ezekiel believes in the Lord. It says the Spirit was in him and the Spirit was on him. So when Ezekiel eats this scroll, it doesn't taste you know, tolerable like oatmeal or carrots. It's sweet like honey. Because there definitely is a direction that God's word hits you that is rough. There is a sour flavor to it. Because it does have a message of human sin, human failure, human hopelessness. But it's also sweet for a believer because the believer sees in God's word also a message of divine rescue, divine perfection, salvation that overcomes, overpowers human sin. So Ezekiel gets this message from the Lord. He gets to consume it. It tastes sweet to him. And then with the energy that word provides, now Ezekiel is ready to go out and proclaim it to the people of Israel. See, when we eat food, there's two great things about food. It's a pleasure to eat it when it tastes good, and it's also a functional thing, right? It gives you energy, strength to go do what you need to do. Eating this food, this word of God, is enjoyable to Ezekiel, and it gives him the strength to go out and speak it. So, there is so much sweetness here for Ezekiel in so many ways. He gets word from God himself, he gets to consume it, make it part of himself, it tastes sweet to him, and then he uses its energy to go out and do his work. And you and I actually have quite a bit in common here with Ezekiel. We also have a word from God. The source is the Holy Spirit. We don't have to deal in guessing games and spin and speculation and snipe hunts. We have confidence that we speak God's truth and not human opinions. And when God gives that word to us, he tells us also, listen to what I am telling you, feed your stomach and fill your belly with this scroll that I am giving you. So we also get to consume God's word. You can carry it in your hand in the form of a Bible. You can have it sitting on your shelf in a doctrine book or a catechism summary or something like that. But when you hear God's word preached and taught, when you read it at home, it becomes part of you. It goes into you and it digests you. It, you digest it and it becomes part of who you are. And when believers do that, God's word tastes sweet to us too. Now again, there is a way that God's word is sour, and that is the law, the commandments of God, because they show you that you are a sinful person. It hurts to be told that you are a sinner. That is sour. It's tough to be told to be perfect when you know you're not, you never have been, and you never will be on this side of heaven, and to have your flaws flung up in your face and be told, go to hell, you sinner, because that's what you deserve. That's sour. That's rough in God's word. But you know, for a believer, 
it just makes it that much more delightful. It just makes it that much sweeter when God holds out his gospel to you and says, here is the righteousness of my son. It's yours, free for nothing. Believe it. And then come to heaven, saint, because that is what my son earned for you. And then, with the sweetness of this word that we get to consume, with the sweetness in our mouth and in our bellies, we also get to go out and speak it. And this is not a chore for one of God's people to do. It's a delight to do it. I mean, if you go to a great restaurant or you go and see a great movie that affects you, nobody has to push you to recommend that restaurant. Nobody has to nag you to tell people about that. You've got something good, and you want other people to know about the good thing you have. We have the sweetest thing that there is, which is the gospel, the message of God's love in Christ. And it has become part of us, so it energizes us to speak it. God's word is sweet to us in so many ways, so many layers. And at the same time, it's vile and disgusting to others, which is why the Lord also said this to Ezekiel, his son of man. He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the people of Israel to disloyal nations who have been disloyal to me. They and their fathers have rebelled against me to this very day. These children of mine are brazen-faced and hard-hearted. I am sending you to them, and you are to tell them that this is what the Lord God says. Then... Whether they listen or do not listen, for they are a rebellious house, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. So there are a lot of people, including in Israel, in Ezekiel's time, who look at the word of God and they do not see the source as divine. It's a human invention, or it's just plain gibberish, or it's a hustle to try to get people's money, or it's some combination of those three things but it doesn't come from God. And because they don't see it as a divine message, not only do they not want to chew on it and swallow it and consume it, they really don't even want to touch it or be reminded of it in any way. It's kind of like earlier this summer during the great cicada crisis, I watched in horror as live on air a local meteorologist ate a cicada sandwich. <laughs> Haven't watched him since. Don't think I ever will. From now on, I get my weather from Channel 5. Thank you very much, because I know if I ever see that man's face again, it's going to remind me of that nasty, disgusting cicada sandwich. And it, will nause it wasn't even smart to use this as a sermon illustration, because it makes me a little sick while I was practicing, and it's making me a little sick right now. Not only do I not want to eat a cicada sandwich, I don't want to see anybody who's ever eaten a cicada. I don't even want to think about it. And this is the way God's word is to people who don't believe it. And it's not just the part that's sour to us. It's not just the law of God's word. It's not just being told what to say and think and do. And it's not just being told, oh, you're not such a good person after all. You deserve to go to hell. Even the gospel tastes sour to an unbeliever. Even the message of forgiveness and salvation Forgiveness. I'm a good person. I've done way more good things than bad things in my life. I don't need forgiveness. So take your salvation and your Jesus stuff and take a walk. 
And then, of course, naturally, they wouldn't see the people who proclaim that message as privileged at all. At best, they would see us as annoying and, at worst, deserving abuse. So God's word is sweet to the people who believe it. It is sweet in so many ways. It's an Oreo in your mouth. They didn't have Oreos when Ezekiel was alive, so he said it was sweet like honey. But we have to recognize that to the people who don't see God's word for what it is, this is the case. He unrolled it in front of me, and there was writing on both sides. Written on it was laments, groaning, and woe. See, those who don't believe the gospel, that's all they see in God's word on both sides. Laments, groaning, woe. So, what are God's people to do in a world with so many people like that? Well, God was sending Ezekiel into a storm in Israel to a lot of people who saw God's word that way. And when he did, he told them, You son of man, do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of their words. Even though briars and thorns surround you and you are living with scorpions, do not be afraid of their words and do not be intimidated by the look on their faces for they are a rebellious house. You are to speak my words to them whether they listen or they do not for they are rebellious. So whether people like it or not, whether they listen or not, God's people are to keep on speaking and not be fragile little flowers who can't absorb an insult. Take it, the Lord says. Take the dirty look. Take a thorn. Don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. I think it would be hard, though, to say that most Christians today fit the description of fearless proclaimers of God's word who are unafraid of an insult or abuse. In fact, I think a lot of Christians, if they sense any possibility whatsoever that there's going to be a confrontation or an insult or they're going to be ignored... They just sort of back down and back away. And we've pretty well bought into the idea that religion and politics are out of bounds for conversation. I'm totally on board with the politics half of that, but to hide what God's word says, what Christianity teaches to avoid confrontation, that's just downright unchristian. It's wrong. And God told Ezekiel, do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. See, we hide... The truth, we are as rebellious in God's eyes as the rebellious who don't believe it. Uh, We need to take that to heart and do what God's people do and not be afraid and speak his truth. Maybe one of the reasons it's hard for us to do that is we take rejection personally. Sometimes rejection is personal. Uh, If you ask somebody out on a date and they say no, probably got a little something to do with you personally. If you get passed over for a promotion, might be at least a little bit on you. This is not the case when God's word gets swatted down. Whether they listen or do not listen, for they are a rebellious house. It's not your fault, Ezekiel, if they don't listen. Then they will know that a prophet has been among them. This is what God wants. Just do your job. Just Speak And people may like it or they may not like it, but either way, they need to hear it. So be a prophet to the people around you. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat what you have received. Eat this scroll and then go. Speak to the house of Israel. 
I opened my mouth and he fed me the scroll. Then he said to me, Son of man, feed your stomach and fill your belly with this scroll that I am giving you. I ate, and in my mouth it was sweet like honey. See, before Ezekiel went out to speak God's message, first he needed to eat the word of God and not just eat it, but chew it and swallow it down and take it into his belly. Many Christians say, I don't speak because I don't know what to say. Well, eat up. I mean, the word of God, the scroll is waiting for you on a silver platter. Chew on it. Swallow it. Take it into your belly. You're going to like it. It's sweet in the stomach of a believer. Not only are you going to know what to say, but after a while you'll know so many different ways to say it that the hard part will be not knowing what to say, but deciding which of the hundred different ways that you know to say it, because God presents his truth in his word in such a rich and diverse variety of ways. But if you are sitting thinking, yeah, okay, but up to this point in my life, I've been maybe a little bit of a picky eater. You know, I'm more, I've been more of a nibbler on God's word than a, than a gorger. Well, there's no time to start like the present. And in the meantime, you do know some things, right? It's not like you know nothing. Uh, In about three minutes, we're going to stand up and do what we do two or three times every month. We're going to say the Apostles' Creed. Whether you realize it or not, you probably have the Apostles' Creed memorized. And it is a nice, neat, tidy little summary of what Christians believe. If you have a chance to say what you believe... Use the creed. Don't recite it like a robot, but just paraphrase it. Put it in your own words. You're not going to wear out anybody's attention span. You'll be done in a minute. And from here on out, chew, swallow, feast on God's word. I ate, and in my mouth it was sweet like honey. See, this is the power of the Holy Spirit who was in and on Ezekiel. The Holy Spirit is in and on you through faith, that the word of God, which to an unbeliever is nothing but laments, woes, and groaning, is sweet in your mouth, because it is the message of your sin and my sin and the sin of the whole world, but after that comes the sweetness. There is nothing sweeter than hearing God say, all of your sin was on my son's shoulders on the cross, and now it's all gone. His righteousness is yours. His resurrection is yours. Your mansion is built and ready and waiting for you with me here in glory. This is the message that I give you. Eat up and then go speak it. See, it is with the taste of honey in our mouths that God tells his people, go now and speak my words. Amen.